We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Dawson here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Bill 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled. You know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Pastor. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After Dark. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. I have Randolph Childress with me. And we are going to have to update our intro because we have a brand new host here with us on After Dark. Kevin Sweeney of Sports Illustrated fame. We're going to be breaking out a lot tonight. We got to talk about the coaching carousel because it finally started spinning. Chris Holtman was let go by Ohio State. We're going to talk about candidates there. We're going to talk about whether or not that was the right decision. And we're also going to get into a little bit of a discussion about their rival, Michigan, is Jawan Howard. How hot is that seat going to end up being? Uh, We got to talk about bubble teams because there were three or four of them tonight that got big wins in Indiana State. A chance to uh, uh, one of those teams that has a chance to be an automatic bid um, got a loss last night, and that was not a great loss. We also need to preview UConn and Marquette. It is a battle of top five teams, and guys, I think it's a game that I am more excited for than any game that we've seen so far this season. We'll get into all that here in a little bit, but before we do, we have to head down to Auburn. We have to head down to Alabama. We have to head down to RC. I'm just going to call it, man, the ass kicking of the night auburn 101 <laughs> south carolina 61 what happened burn the tape like burn the tape you don't <laughs> even discuss this anymore burn the tape you don't 40 points man they came out and after the first tv timeout i, I don't even recognize south carolina after that that, that that's one of those i i, I know Coach Paris is going to be pissed about the tape with his guys, but burn the tape, man. You got nothing out of that. That game was over fast. I mean, you didn't even need to watch the second half. Gave up 101 points. They lost by a legit 40. It got worse in the second half, man. I, just burn the tape. Like, it ain't nothing to talk about with this one. That, this was just, like you said in the intro, it was an ass kick. Sweeney, how good is Auburn in your mind? Look, I think the highs for Auburn are really, really high. Um, I think I'd go as far to say, right, like if Auburn went on a six-game rampage through the NCAA tournament, somewhat similar to what UConn did last year and dominated, 
I think I would look back and be like, why didn't I see that coming? Right. Because when they've been really good, they've looked just as good as UConn, just as good as Purdue, just as good as any team in college basketball. It's just a consistency thing for them. And, and maybe they turn the corner and maybe they do um, truly break through. But, you know, I think the thing with this Auburn team is you have nights like this where they look unbeatable, where their bigs are you know, making plays inside and out, when their guard plays tremendous, when the shooting is great, the defensive intensity is unbelievable. And then you have nights like Saturday where they laid an egg against Florida, like just did flat out did not show up. We're not competitive. Trailed by, I think, 27 in the second half. Right. Like that's the Auburn experience this year. And I've always believed that there is a title level team in there. We saw it tonight. The question is, can we see it consistently across, you know, two to three weeks in March to make that run to a final four title? Yeah. Uh, RC, to me, it's can we see it when they are not playing in front of uh, the the madhouse that Bruce Pearl has developed in, uh, in in Auburn Arena? They lost at Florida. They lost at Mississippi State. They lost at Alabama. They lost at Appalachian State. They lost to Baylor on a neutral floor. Um, I, I, that's that's my big question with this Auburn team is what happens when they are not playing in front of the crowd that is able to give them a certain level of energy that you don't see in most places. I mean, it's fair to say that. I mean, everybody struggles on the road. I think, I mean, it's a, you know, most teams would prefer to, to play at home. So I, I don't penalize them for that. I do think the pendulum has swung from last game to this game. I mean, you're talking about getting blown out by a Florida team and then coming out tonight and just hammering South Carolina tonight. Um, and you can expect that after a loss like that. I didn't expect this type of performance. I did expect them to play well at home. Um, the one the one advantage they do have that I think that stands out that's different from certain teams, depending on their matchup in the tournament, is they got depth, man. And they're going to be able to rotate, you know, guys in there that, that if you're a team that, particularly on that second game of the weekend, if you're a team with a short bench, that turnaround helps them. So just like everybody else before we get that far ahead, um, I, I think they're the team, and I know we'll talk about this, I think they have the easiest road. Uh, to finish the season and win the regular season title among all the other teams. I know it's kind of, you know, a bunch of teams fighting at the top with South Carolina and Alabama and Tennessee. But I think if you look at their schedules, I think they have the easiest road to finish. Now, whether they finish it, we'll see. But I think they have the schedule to do so. Yeah. Sweeney, I want to hit you with this because I I think with this Auburn team, we know how good their front line is, right? We know how good Janai Broom is. We know how good Jalen Williams is. I don't know if there are five, four or five combinations that you're going to find in college basketball that are better than those two. And then when you throw in Dylan Cardwell coming in off the bench, uh, you throw in guys like Chad Baker-Mazzara who can kind of slide up and play that like three, four role. I think they have as good of a front line as you're going to find in college basketball. I at least would say they're not going to get overwhelmed by anybody outside of maybe Zach Eady, and Zach Eady would overwhelm everybody in college basketball. He would overwhelm prime Shaq at this point. I feel like with their guards, I'm a little bit worried about them, but it's different than last year because these guys know who they are and understand their role and understand what they do. I call it KYS, right? Know your scout. Know your own scouting report. Know who you are and what your strengths are. I don't think that was the case last season. I think it is the case this year with their guards. They know that they're not great. They're not Jared Harper. Aiden Holloway is not the guy that we thought he was when they played up at the Pentagon in South Dakota and beat Baylor earlier this year, right? I, I just – that's my biggest takeaway with this Auburn team is their backcourt knows who they are. Yeah, like I, I agree with you. I, I think 
Trey Donaldson, to me, is the key to this team because he's a point guard, more more of a traditional point guard, they think, than Aiden Holloway is, who is more of a scorer when I remember watching him in UIBL. Like, to me, Trey Donaldson's a guy who can come in and run a team, take care of the basketball, make shots, get to the rim, and, and really defend. I mean, he is a, a tremendous athlete. You know, today he was really good, 11 points, four assists, no turnovers, two steals. Like, that's the type of performance that they need from him regularly. Uh, you know, he's been in double figures now three of his last four games. Like, he's really starting to come along. And to me, when they just get solid point guard play, they have a chance to be as good as anyone in the country because – I mean, you saw what Jalen Williams did tonight at the four. Obviously, Jani Broom, so special. Um, you know, that front court is so potent that, you know, and then they surround it with shooting as well. So uh, as long as they get solid point guard play, I think they're really good. And Trey Donaldson was more than solid tonight. Yeah. Uh, RC, I'm going to hit you with this. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It is the place that you can store your own predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter than your friends. And your favorite French bulldog named Zeus. We'll talk about that in a little bit, RC. Go ahead and download the Vaulted app, spelled V-L-T-E-D, to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. I think this Auburn team can make the Final Four, Randolph. I, I think that they are that good. I trust their front court. I trust the the system, right? I trust the style that they want to play. I trust that that defense is going to show up on the majority of nights. No one else, no, there's nobody in this sport that you can say is going to be there literally every single night, right? And I think Auburn is good enough to be able to show up on 90% of the nights. I think this team is final four good. Am I right? Am I wrong? Where do you stand? Uh, I, I won't argue with that. And I don't think you can. I mean, we've seen them at their high. And when you see them at their high, you think that. I mean, they've seemed to be figuring it out. And that's what you want to do now. I mean, we, we went through it early on. And 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 like Sweeney just said, I mean, Donaldson seems to be just being solid at the point guard spot. At least he knows what he's getting. But I still think Holloway, just Aiden Holloway allows them his highs. And even Katie Johnson, we've seen him kind of go on roles. That just the, the depth or the, the, the versatility that they have on their front court and their back court, I think is a scary team with them. So I, I wouldn't argue it. Um, but again, like you said, the only thing we got to see is more consistency when they're not at home. And then the tournament is neutral mm-hmm. sites. They'll play someone that travels really well. But uh, I, I wouldn't argue against this team. Bruce Pearl does, you know, he's a hell of a coach and this team is, is battle tested. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't We're- say that you're out. How far? I think everyone can agree on this, and and correct me either of you if I'm wrong. But Purdue and UConn at this point are the two teams that are the standard in college basketball. I don't know if I would call them elite or great or whatever, but they have set themselves apart in a different tier. How far away is Auburn from that group, RC? And Sweeney, you weigh in after. I would I would say t- I would be more comfortable saying Tennessee's in that next group after them. And I think Auburn is starting to, to 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 put themselves in that conversation. And like I said, with their scheduling, I think they'll be Why? the team that wins. Why? Them. Why do you think that? Because they have because they, they I know what their identity is on the defensive end of the floor, and I love their balance of their team. And so you're talking about a front court that we just said just as solid as there is. So they're they're I love the balance of being able with that matters. And when you get into the tournament, all it takes is some teams will struggle when one guy doesn't play well. I think what they're asking guys to do is in their identity on the defensive end of the floor and the bodies and the depth that they have, like there's not a lot of good teams that have this amount of depth 
that plays this way where guys are understanding their role and they're all bought in. And that's unique and it's different. I mean, you're talking about most teams are, as we get this late in the year, most teams are shortening their rotation, not continuing a 10-man, 11-man rotation. And that's just something that I think they'll benefit them, particularly as you get through the tournament. Sweeney? Look, I think for me, Purdue and UConn have separated themselves not because – they're so elite at their best, but because of how consistent that they've been, right? Obviously, both those teams have a high gear that they can get into, but the reason they're number one and number two and it's not close is that they've been consistent. And I think for Auburn, they're one of the few teams that has the gear to stay up and maybe even be better than a Purdue or a UConn. The problem is we haven't had the consistency yet. So, look, I don't think there's anything they need to do you know, night to night to say, okay, here, now they're as good as UConn. Now they're as good as Purdue. We just have to see maybe not, you know, 101 to 61, right? Like as, as RC's kind of said to lead us off, like this was a, you know, one-off performance. It was a special day and South Carolina played really badly, but you know, something like that, right? Like the, the, the level of focus, the level of intensity. And, and obviously that starts on the road, as you said, Rob, right? Like to me, if Auburn plays consistently at this level, they're 100% as good as UConn, and it's 100% as good as Purdue. I, I understand the people that have concerns with the Auburn resume, right? I, I think even with this win over um, South Carolina, correct me if I'm wrong, Sweeney, you're, you're more in tune with the uh, the bubble stuff and the tournament stuff than I am, but I think they only still have that one quad one win. Um, but if you, you – know, they have two now, according to – They have to two, one. yeah. They have the Alabama win, and then they won on the road at Ole Miss. That's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but I, what I will say is this. Ken Palm is just updated after this win tonight. And there's only one team in college basketball right now that is top 10 in both offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency, according to our favorite math nerd, Ken Pomeroy. Um, and I, I just keep coming back to that, man. Like this is a team that goes nine or 10 deep. They have enough guard play that I can trust it. They have guys that are absolute dogs all over the floor. Like the idea that Katie Johnson might be the second craziest dude on this roster. I don't think you want to mess with Chad Baker Mazar. We talked about this on our text thread earlier. Randolph, this dude got in a scrap with like four different dudes on the South Carolina floor, got ticked up, got brought to the bench, pulled out a Ziploc bag and started eating. I think it was uh, fruit snacks. It was the Welch's fruit snacks out of a, a Ziploc bag. He wasn't even eating the gummy, board, the, 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 the fruit snacks. He was eating it out of. He, he packed it himself. Like those JUCO hey. dudes. You don't want to mess with those JUCO dudes. And He's Bruce up Pearl, thirty, man. He ain't got no reason to be mad. He up thirty. He won the game and the fight. It ain't nothing to worry about. He won the game and the fight. He like shit. I'll be over there eating pop tots and everything else on the bench. I'm up thirty. What you mad for? You said who? Have, yeah, that, that's I mean, what you say. To your, that's what Coach Paris gonna say to his guys. Don't fight now. You should have fought before we went down thirty. <laughs> That's a good point, man. Like the the only thing I'll say is this: we talk a lot about this with North Carolina. It's been like a big theme for our show with Duke this year. Teams that don't have dogs, right? Teams that don't have those dudes that are going to just—they might not win the game, but they're going to make sure that no matter what happens, they win the fight. I think Auburn's got like seventeen of those guys, and maybe they can donate one to Duke, and Duke can find a way to go win a national title or something like that. But I, I feel like that matters. Um, Real quick, Sweeney, you got about 30 seconds here. South Carolina, how worried are you about this? Is this just a one-off, or did we kind of get something exposed here? 
look, I don't think they were ever the top 15 team that the polls said. I think, you know, talent-wise, they're just not that group. They're really consistent. They play well together. I think they're going to find a way to, to compete near the top of the SEC because of the job that Lamont has done. But I think this exposed that they're not a true contender to win this conference. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with that. Lamont Paris has still done a great job. And we are going to be talking a little bit more about Lamont Paris here in just a second because on the other side of this break, we need to get into the coaching carousel finally kicking off. Chris Holtman was fired by Ohio State. What does it mean? Who are they going to hire? That's next. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 as we all get ready for the best month of the year, March Madness. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, you can use the bonus code FIELD150 and you will get $150 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's the best part. All you need to do is deposit and bet $5 of your hard-earned money. This is how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using the bonus code FIELD150. That's FIELD150. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure you use that bonus code FIELD150 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available in one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in Philly or New York, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create a new account in each state. It's easy, it's simple, and it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the conference tournaments and for the NCAA tournament. Bet insurance tokens college hoops odds boost and my personal favorite a nice little parlay boost here and there so download the bet mgm app and sign up today we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Welcome back to the Wednesday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. It is Valentine's Day, and there is nobody that I want to spend my Valentine's Day with more than Kevin Sweeney and Randolph Childress here on Sirius XM Channel 84. We're also live over on the new stadium app. Make sure you go and you download that because it is the best place for you to be able to keep up with all of the Field of 68 content, uh, especially our After Dark stuff. Um, we have to talk about the coaching carousel. It kicked off on today. February 14th, Chris Holtman was fired at Ohio State. It is the second, I'm doing air quotes here, high major job that is open because DePaul is also currently open, and I don't know if that necessarily counts as a high major job. And I believe technically West Virginia is as well, although Josh Eiler is the interim there. So uh, I don't know if we want to call that open or not. Either way, Holtman fired today. Um, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty about uh, whether or not this was necessarily the right decision as much as I do want to talk about uh, what you do from here if you're Ohio State. And RC, I'll start with you on this one. Um, it, it it feels like part of the reason they made this decision when they made the decision was to be able to kind of get stuff ready for transfer portal season, which is coming up in about four weeks, to try to generate a little bit of money coming into their NIL collective, which is something that I'm told has not been that great for Ohio State basketball. It's been really good for the football team. They just spent like, what, $13 million on the football team to be able to rebuild that roster. It feels like they're trying to get some new blood in there, some new excitement in there, so they can find a way to be able to get a little bit of that money coming in on the basketball side as well. What do you make of this job? What do you make of this opening? What do you make of the potential hires? Let's start with this. RC, you've been in the coaching business. What do you make of the Ohio State job overall? I, I think it's a hell of a job. I mean, like you just said, I, I think the best thing is just questioning. We know they have resources and NIO money. The question is, does it come into basketball? You know, I, and that's one of those mm -hmm. things that, that a lot of schools have gone in. So much goes to football. It's a football school. And you got to, as much as we're going to throw around names, as a coach, that's going to matter to you. Because, I, you know, when you're talking about the next coach, is it going to be a guy that was already a high major coach before and now has an appreciation at a mid-major school or somewhere else? And does he want to go and deal with that? So I, I think that's the biggest question you're going to ask, you know, from that. It's, it's a top 15 job, I believe. Uh, resources available to you. But how much of that comes to basketball, I think, is the biggest question. Sweeney. Look, I think the thing that I look at is think about all of these SEC jobs and how they've exploded here in the last couple of years, right? What Oates is doing in Alabama, what Bruce Pearl's doing at Auburn, right? You take a place that cares about athletics, that is invested financially, and you just bring in the right coach to bring some excitement and it goes nuclear, right? Recruiting goes crazy. The fan base blows up, right? Like I think Ohio State can be that too, right? Like I think Ohio State people will care about basketball if they're provided a winner and a guy who can really generate buzz. I, I think Chris Holtman tried to do that. They just never quite got over the hump. And I think there will be a lot of interest from someone who, who thinks, okay, I can walk in here, have all the resources, right? Have a, have a, have an NBA style arena, have NIL money, have, you know, the success of football, right? Like the, the stuff you're going to be able to do in recruiting, being able to bring kids to football games and, and, and show up, show off the whole package of being an Ohio state student athlete, I think is, is awesome. So, I think it'll be a, a sought after job. I think there will be, as RC said, several sitting high major coaches who are interested, um, both you know guys who've been at a super high level and also you know, maybe guys just looking for a fresh start or a place with more NIL resources. Like I, I think this is going to be a more active carousel than we've seen in the past in terms of high major to high major movement because guys sit there, they realize they're not going to have the resources to, to get players and they want to go somewhere where they're going to have it. And I think Ohio State are going to have that. Yeah, I mean, that's, are we sure, that's are we sure they're going to have it, though? 
I, I think is the yeah, question that, that I have. Are we sure? that, that, that's the question because I, there's a lot right. of high major jobs now where you we're we're making the assumption that they're they're well resourced and they, they put a lot of money in NIL. We know they put money in NIL for football. The question becomes how much money are they putting to a basketball? Because if you're going after another high major coach or another coach that has a really good job. He may look like, nah, you know what, I, I, if they got options, because they're not just going to, I don't think they're going to give this to an assistant. They're going to go out to somebody, I think, that's proven, mm -hmm. either that's been a high major coach that's at a mid-major or someone that's really, you know, just at another high major job. So, uh, but but the resources, well, the committee. RC, look at the names that are being linked, man. Look, look at the names that are being linked. You got Sean Miller. You have Greg McDermott. You have Nate Oates. You have TJ Altsberger. You have Lamont Paris. You have Mick Cronin. You have Dusty May. You have a bunch of guys that have done it at a high level at what people would consider really good jobs or the absolute best when it comes to the guys that have not quite gotten to those what we would consider top 25-ish kind of programs. Right? Like We're talking about Mick Cronin leaving a blue blood in UCLA to go to Ohio State. No, I don't think it's going to happen. That buyout is <laughs> – it might as well be $10 billion at this point. Um, but that's that's where we're at with this opportunity. And here's my question to you. It, I would bet, especially with McDermott at Creighton, the NIL is rolling better at Creighton right now than it is at Ohio State. I think that there is a good chance that it's rolling better at Xavier right now than it is at Ohio State. Generally speaking, if this was three years ago and you were at Xavier or you were at Creighton, you probably would try to go get that Ohio State job. And we saw that in 2017. You remember when Chris Holtman got the job? Who else was in the mix? It was him and McDermott. It basically came down to those two, right? And McDermott did the old, uh, I'm pulling my name out of the the Ohio State job picture when he found out he wasn't going to get it, right? Which is a, a, a tried and true method of, um, of college basketball search season. Uh, search season. But um, that's my big question to you is like, would you take this job if it if you're not going to have the same amount of NIL money that you would get at what would typically be considered a air quotes here lesser job, Randolph? No, uh, and I think that that's the question. You, you you we can go down that list of names of everybody you just named, and how many of them going going to get extensions? And they're going to use the leverage of this to say, "Hey, let me go get extension." We see it every year. So if they're not gonna commit NIL resources to you that you need, then for the coaches that you just named, they're going to either the ones, even, even Dusty May, got, he's going to have options. Get in line for that. You know, mm -hmm. he's going he's gonna to have plenty of options to, you know, go from. So it's going to be, they're going to have to show that they're committed to that from an NIL perspective and not having just, and, and then the other thing is as a coach, how many coaches want to go? You talk about a job like Xavier where you're the big domino. There's no football there. So it's just about basketball. So you don't have to deal with that. Does a coach want to know to go to Ohio State? Your second fiddle. You got to deal with that. Yeah, that's the way it's always going to be when you're uh, at Ohio State. That's the nature of the beast at a program that has a great football program. We've seen guys like Nate Oates and Bruce Pearl, like you mentioned, Sweeney, thrive uh, in that setting. We'd like to welcome everybody that was just watching the women's basketball game uh, over on Stadium. This is the Field of 68 after dark. Rob Doster, Kevin Sweeney, Randolph Childress. Um, let me ask you this, Sweeney. If if you're Gene Smith, and this is kind of like your your last 
hurrah as the athletic director at Ohio State. If you're Gene Smith, who is the first call that you make? Who are you going after before? You know, we always you don't Jay Wright. He's not coming back, right? Billy Donovan. He's not coming back. Brad Stevens. If he wasn't going to Indiana, he's not going to Ohio State, right? We can get the, that that part of the conversation out of here. Of guys that that are in that next tier, who's the first call that you make? I think I would target Dusty May. Uh, and look, there's there's a lot of bigger names potentially out there or more proven names at the highest level. But like, if I'm Ohio State, I want the guy who could be the next big thing, right? The guy who could be that next mm-hmm. Nate Oates, the next, the, the next mid-major to high-major jump guy. And I think the most obvious name in that group is Dusty. Obviously, the success to go to a Final Four, to keep this group together. I think if you give him the resources that th- this job will give him, uh, he will get players at an elite level. Um, look, obviously, there will always be talk about Indiana for him. And we'll see if this movement, if this domino causes more action at Indiana, if this if this causes them to make a decision on what they want. Because, look, if you're Indiana, you can't let Dusty go, right? Like, if, if you believe that he's your guy long term, you can't let him take Ohio State and, and risk him doing it there instead of at your place. But I think if I'm Gene Smith, I'm Ross Bjork, that whole you know leadership team at Ohio State making this decision. I, I'd have a hard time skipping over Dusty. Yeah. RC, who's the first call you make? I agree. I, I thought Dusty would have been my call. He took my answer. I think it will be Dusty. But I, I, I think that list is so long for him. I don't believe that he'll he'll um they'll be he'll have a lot to to to, to spill over to, before he makes that decision. Um I mean, we joked about Sean, you know, and, and I think it's – I'd like to see if, if Sean was interested in it. A question I have for Sean would be, does he want to go back to that level uh, from you know, being in a place like back home at Xavier, Xavier? And if he goes there, then our guy Chris Mack, you know, I think he'd slot right in there and go to Xavier. So, um, you know what, I, I think it's Dusty. I, I, the question that I have or the concern that I have with it is that you can have all the wish list you want. I think until – as these conversations are going – going on right now how many guys that they're looking at were going to just level up and ante up and go back to the same school that they are now that also happens every year so you know you're going to have to have a list of a couple of guys i don't know if it's that job it's not the job where you're going to say oh man i'm going to leave wherever i am if they you know if that team kind of you know gives you an extension and offer you certain things so we'll see you got to be you know as greater resources as they have there you got to get the commitment you know, the financial commitment for which you're going to need from an NILL perspective because of the expectations. It isn't just making the tournament there. You know, you're, they're expecting another level. You know, it isn't just getting back to the tournament. You know, Chris Holtman, you know, did that. I know it's only been two years and he's already out of there. So it just seems like it's one of those jobs, too, that after so many years, they just kind of ready to move on from you. You know, you can't you can't stay too long. It doesn't seem like there's anybody's there that's been able to figure that out. Yeah, I, I, the I one think thing that... I would say, sorry, Rob. Go the ahead. one thing I would say is this: like, if you're Xavier, can you really win a national championship? Right? If you're if you're at all these jobs, right, like these second tier jobs that maybe jump to Ohio State, if you if you believe you can win a championship, don't leave. But if you're unsure of that of that answer, and Ohio State's out there, I think it's really hard to say no to that opportunity because I think you could absolutely sweetie, win a sweetie, championship. sweetie. My only comment to that would be. It's like, I'll go back to when we talked about this with Texas. It's a football school. We acting like there's natties in Ohio State for basketball. Ain't nobody thinking about winning no damn national championship. Like, that's not, like, let's cut that out. Like, 
because because if national championships was was the requirement or the expectations, their resources are go there. Their money is spent. The expectations for natties is on a football team. Cut that out. That's like Texas basketball. Your resources was put to football, and you expect that with football. But we can't just be like, oh, if you want to win a national championship, man, there ain't probably about a handful of schools that put resources to schools to win a national championship. You just want a guy to come there and, and, and turn shit to sugar and win a natty. Like, cut that out. We, I'm not saying it to you, but it's just like, come on, man. We, we're going to sit there and start saying, now we want Ohio State to start winning national championship. Man, stop this. Cut that out. I'm not saying it to you, Sweeney, but shut up, Sweeney. Just stop with that, Sweeney. I'm not saying it to you, Sweeney, but stop with that, Sweeney. Sweeney, no, no, my God. I'm like, no, I'm not. And and I'm going to use that, Rob, because you remember when we was dealing with Texas a year ago. Everybody like, oh, it's the national championship. You just ran. (laughs) What is Mata doing right now? I guess he can't coach. He he just ran. And the same thing's going to happen to me. He's going to go somewhere and and get another job. And he's pretty damn good coach, man. I mean, it's it's. It's a tough gig. It's a tough gig right now. Let's see if they commit yeah. the money hey, to it. RC, to your point, we're going to be previewing a top five showdown uh, here in the fourth block of the show between UConn and Dan Hurley and Marquette. And who is Marquette's head coach, RC? Is that Shaka Smart, the, the former Texas head coach? Yeah, I'm just saying. Um, no, look, I think, I, I, I think I'm going to like go right down the middle on this because I think that – one, you do have a higher ceiling at Ohio State because of the financial resources that exist there. But you also have to be a guy that is going to be able to get creative to drive that fan engagement. You know, I think what Bruce Pearl has done to create a basketball environment at a football school is unbelievable in Auburn. I think what Nate Oates has done to create a basketball environment at a football school is unbelievable. I think what Chris Beard did before he ended up getting his arrest and, and, and getting fired by Texas – um, to create a basketball environment at a football school at Texas and at Texas Tech are two things that are really impressive. And you need a guy that is going to be able to do that and and kind of put his face out there in the community and be able to, to get people interested. Um, I think my first call would absolutely be Sean Miller. Without a, without a question of a doubt would be trying to get Sean Miller to, to leave Xavier and come to Ohio State. And if I'm Sean, the biggest question I have is, do I want to go to a place where um, – the it's going to take a lot of work to recreate the environment that I coach in at the Centos Center when it comes to playing at uh, I don't even know the name of Ohio State's building. Uh, that's that is going to be the biggest issue that I think he would have. Pass up on more NIL and pass up you, on playing in front of an incredible environment. That's a hard thing to do. Hey, you just answered your own question. We don't even mm-hmm. know the damn arena, and we talking about national championships. <laughs> Cut it out. Get you hey, show some respect Put some money behind it. Whoever you hire, put some damn money behind men's basketball, and then you can start talking about winning. And and, I, and it's just and all jokes aside, I agree. I think it's a job with the money that you get in the Big Ten that that it could be a job like that. But we we naming a handful of these guys that have done it at schools. It ain't a lot of them dudes out there. Put the money. It's hard to do. It's hard, it's hard to do, RC. It's hard to do that. It's hard to do that. If you Listen. got some money, it ain't hard nowadays. If you, <laughs> you can get the football team made what thirteen million dollars to get to the net to get to put in that conversation. Put a couple mil in the men's basketball. Oh, man. Listen, guys, this was a fun combo. I love when Randolph gets fired up and goes all in. We got to make him do that in the next segment. We're going to be talking about bubble teams coming up here next. Field of 68 after dark. Big news, guys. I am thrilled to announce that we have partnered with Autograph, a company founded by the GOAT himself, Tom 
Brady. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to the best college hoops content, fan contests, and exclusive rewards like discounted tickets, all for doing the things that diehard fans like you already do, following your favorite team in the news and listening to podcasts just like this one. When Tom, and yes, I am calling him Tom, we're on a first name basis these days, co-founded Autograph. He had one mission in mind, change the fan experience for the better. It works like this. You get all of your college hoops content you want in one place. You get articles from your favorite writers, pods from your favorite hosts, contests from your favorite creators, all on the feeds and the sites that you already enjoy. But instead of having to go to all these different places, it all comes to you in one spot, the autograph fandom map. But here's the best part. The more content that you consume, the higher you rank in the app. As you consider the level up in status on the app, you can unlock unique rewards curated exclusively for you. So download the free autograph app in the app store and use the referral code F68, that's F68, or tap in at the link in the description below or in the podcast app of your choosing to start earning points for doing something as normal as listening to this very podcast. It really is that simple. Welcome back to the Wednesday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark, where we turn shit to sugar. Shout out to Randolph Childress for what I'm going to use as one of my favorite lines here on the Field of 68 After Dark. Rob Doster, Kevin Sweeney, Randolph Childress. We are live, Sirius XM Channel 84. We are live over on Stadium as well. Make sure you download the app. It is the best place for you to be able to consume your sports content uh i want to stick with the coaching carousel conversation and i want to go to ohio state's biggest rival because i want to talk about this michigan situation which is just a, a fascinating thing for me ward manual came out today um and i i don't really know why he he came out and had the press availability but he made a statement to the press where he more or less back Jawan Howard and for the people listening at home he said I haven't really thought about any changes in our men's basketball program I can't say it any clearer I want to support Jawan to be successful and have not given any moment or thought of anything about changes at this time we'll continue to support him in our program and continue to be there for him Michigan is 8 and 17 they just got 40 burger by Illinois on the road uh on I think that was Tuesday night Randolph, where do you stand on Jawan Howard? Where do you stand on this situation? Where do you stand on Ward Manuel coming out and saying this? It's just, it's a fascinating situation to me right now. Sweeney, is you? Um, look, the thing, the thing I would say with, with Michigan is we're risking this getting into toxic territory, right? And I think it was so, it was so disappointing that things had to end so ugly for Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, right? This guy's a legend, obviously a big part of their program's history, their success. And I think it was a mistake to let him last as long as it did, because I think it turned a lot of people's feelings about him, the person around just because of who he was as a coach. And I think really for everyone's best interest, Juwan Howard and Michigan should find a way to part ways in this offseason because look, like they're going to lose 22 games. It's going to tie an all-time record uh, for, for the program. I don't want you to run it back if you're Juwan and lose again and, and, it, and it really turn ugly, right? Like 
he can like they can part ways. He can go coach the NBA, um, be an assistant coach, potentially work his way into being a head coach one day. He can be a legend at Michigan. Like I don't want Juwan to have to carry the burden of being the guy that broke Michigan basketball, right? And, and I just think things are so, in such a downward trend right now that it feels it, it just feels uncomfortable to to send him out there another year with the risk of it getting really really ugly. Yeah, I mean, RC, there's an easy out here, right? The, the easy out is him saying, hey, look, you know what? I have this heart issue. I, coaching at the college level and everything that entails is too stressful. It is uh, It doesn't work for me when, from a sleep perspective, this, that, and third. And he can go out in a way where it doesn't seem like, hey, you know what? This is It, it did not work for me here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like a mutual parting of ways probably makes the most sense because, I mean, Sweeney made a really good point there, I think. If it's mutual, but I was I, I, the only thing I disagree with Sweeney on is the comparison with Patrick Ewing because there was, you know, Patrick, the only success he had was the late run winning the Big East tournament to get them into the tournament. Jawan has had success, and let's let's talk about this. What happens if Caleb Love was allowed to get into school, or if Shannon, mm-hmm. or any of these guys there? Like, if, if is this team this bad? If, if just those two players was on this team, nope. are they this bad? And he has shown the ability to recruit. RC, and here's here's the other question I'll ask you. If Terrence Shannon is there right now and Caleb Love is right. there right now and both of those guys right. are on this team, is Hunter Dickens still, still there? Do you still have him? That, you make that, that's what I'm saying. Like we, we, can, we can play the what-if game and do all that. But my point of saying this about, about Michigan, it, it, it's funny because we were just saying the same conversation about Ohio State. Let's not act like these teams don't schools don't have the resources. But when you start mm-hmm. talking about Michigan and Ohio State, them resources are going to football. And so let's not act like from a revenue standpoint that Michigan wanted a, a player for basketball to stay there. There ain't a whole lot of teams that can outbid them. I mean, there's only about three or four teams probably in the country that can outbid a play. Or and I don't even want to use the word outbid, but if they that have the resources that they have to get a student athlete, and let's let's call it what it is. I mean, we we sat there on this on field of sixty eight and heard Hunter Dickerson talk about how much he still talks to Jawan. He left mm-hmm. for and I get it, it's Kansas, but he he enjoyed it. There. He he loved Jawan. He still talks to Jawan. So you're talking about potentially having him and then turn Shannon and the guy like came like he's showing you he can get guys now are there some things that have to change I think that's what you reevaluate you really got to look at this and be like hey are you up for this of getting this back to where it is will your health allow you to do that I think that's all fair but I I do think he's earned the right to say hey we got to get back to where we were I think he's shown you that but I think the commitment has to be from if I'm Jawan who has options, if I'm Jawan, I'm saying, hey, if you want me to do this, this is what it's going to take right now. I, I, I think so. That's what I mean. And, and so it, it doesn't really matter if you if you move on. For, no, you're, you right. you're right. You're, you're not wrong. You're, you're, where, where does you're it go? Right? Like, who do you give money to? Like, who, who comes in? Is they mm-hmm. going to have the same thing? If they can't get players in there, if all the money is still going to go to football, what difference do it make? That's the times we're living in. So we're, we're just making the assumption because the money that the football team gets goes to basketball and that's not the case admissions and all those things if all those things got to be behind the program 
Hey, it's not just the money here. We're going to play some sound here from a Juwan uh, Howard press conference after the Illinois win, and, and I'll explain what it means here in a second after Trevor plays. You're familiar with Terry Shannon. What, what's the I'm very familiar with Terry Shannon. You're welcome. <laughs> Would you agree on that? What stood out about him today? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Terry Shannon is a guy who I recruited who committed to the University of Michigan, as you, you all are very aware of. And uh, well, he's played extremely well since he's been here. So basically the story is that uh, Terrence Shannon and Caleb Love both opted to commit to Michigan and wanted to go to Michigan and uh, wanted to play to, uh, for Michigan and for Jawan Howard and uh, could not get in for, I guess, academic reasons. Classes didn't transfer or uh, whatever it was. Um and that kind of sums up the issue with Michigan basketball right now because, Sweeney, be honest with me. If Michigan football wanted to get a player in, do you think that anybody would give a single flying F about whether or not that kid had a class that was going to be able to transfer from whatever program they were at? Look, I, I don't disagree with that. And I think RC made some, some – fair points about Juwan's success. And, and to be clear, he did a way better job overall than, than Patrick Ewing did at Georgetown. I think the one thing I will say is this. Terrence Shannon and Caleb Love were in the, in the exact same academic situation. They were three-year kids who were non-grad transfers, right? I understand if you were surprised with Terrence Shannon, even though you could talk no gel Eastern even before that. Uh, I understand if you were surprised that Michigan didn't let you do Terrence Shannon. But after a debacle like that, I better be darn sure that everything is lined up, every duck is in a row, every I dotted, every T crossed before I announce Caleb Love is the key to my offseason, right? Like, I, I, I understand you have to give a coach the resources to succeed. And I think Michigan's done a poor job of doing that with Juwan, but I also think the Caleb Love situation in particular is not just a failing of Michigan admissions or Michigan, the school, whatever. It's a failing of Juwan's as well, because you had to plan for that a little bit better than you did. Yep, I, I think there's a lot of blame to go around all around. All right, let's get into some of the games that happened tonight. I want to talk about the bubble teams, and I want to talk about teams that got big wins. Kevin Sweeney is the host of our show, Fielding the 68. So we're going to go to you first since uh, by, I guess, like osmosis, you can just kind of absorb the knowledge that all of these bracketologists have. Seton Hall beat Xavier by 18 tonight. Michigan State goes on the road and beats Michigan, uh, beats Penn State by, I think it was by eight, Malik Hall. 29 points. Nice to get him going at a good time. Clemson beat Miami by 17. Who got the biggest win tonight? Which bubble team made the biggest move? And remember, Indiana State is a team that is in a situation where we thought they were going to be an at-large before they took a quad four home loss last night. Who's in the best situation to take advantage of that, Sweeney? Look, I think it was huge for Seton Hall. Uh, number one, you have to win at home, which they did. Um, you have to take care of business. Um, and just keep padding that win-loss record because you're going to play so many dog fights on the road in the Big East. The other thing that Seton Hall did tonight was they got some style points, and you know, they hurt themselves in the metrics by getting blown out by Villanova over the weekend. It you know, went from 61 to 70 in Ken Palm, fell outside the top 75 in the net, up to 64 uh, again in Ken Palm today after after blowing out Xavier. That's huge, right? Again, is it crazy that – those are the things we have to watch every night to decide who's getting in the tournament, who's not. Like, did your Ken Palm move enough? Did you win by enough? But, like, that's where we are. And because of that, right, if, if you're Seton Hall, getting some style points tonight was pretty huge. 
Uh, yeah, Kadari Richmond, 20 points, 13 assists is not something that you could overlook. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that um, our us putting Clemson in the bubble conversation is insane at this point. Like they're like they should be like a six or a seven seed right now. Maybe that's just me talking, but um, big win for them. I took more away from the fact that Miami, with all of these veterans, with all of these guards that have been there, with the $400,000 life wallet man, Nigel Pack, um, there's something wrong with going on with Miami. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. RC, you know this ACC conference as well as anybody covering the sport. What's going on with these Hurricanes, man? I, I think the biggest thing is that they're not as, they're not as good la- uh, this year defensively as they've been. I mean, last year they were small, but we, I, I said this early in the year, we we forget they lost Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller. And those guys were both player of the year caliber guys. Obviously, Wong won it. So when things broke down, they could give it to them guys and they could just make a play and close it. Poplar was coming off the bench. Joseph was coming off the bench. Now they don't have that. And they're just there's no rim protection. They turned you over last year a little bit more and got out in transition. They're, they're really good when they're making shots. When they're not, they struggle. They just don't offer you enough resistance at the rim. I mean, you know, Orchad Omir Omir is a, is a stud. I mean, he's a big time guy, but he's a six six center man, and and there's just not a lot of like I said, he's not protecting the paint and the rim as much. They they have a tough time guarding the dribble. Pack struggles to me getting through screens, getting back in front of the ball. Uh, when he, they they need him to be effective offensively, his range and his ability to score scares you when he's on. But when he's off, he's off. And tonight he was off. So they're one of them teams that could, that'll play spoiler, I think. Tonight was a big game for them as a bubble team. We talk about Clemson being in. But Miami is starting to run out of opportunities in this league to uh, to convince the committee that they need to they, – they are a tournament-quality uh, team. Um, Sweeney, I don't know if you know this, but Randolph Childress is actually our Michigan State beat writer. So uh, Michigan State, they won 80 to 72. Talk to me about it, Marcy. Let's go. What do you got? Give me some new insights. And new I, they're in. I, I don't listen. Martin. I got nothing to add. They're in. They're like Clemson. When you, I thought you were going to add Michigan State with Clemson. I, the Michigan State fans are on my on me on me. And all I said was, <laughs> "Hey, you're never going to live up to the fourth ranked team in the country. They'll get in. I, I don't have them going deep run. Blah blah blah. Swinging. It's all yours, man. I I can't." <laughs> so uh, just for for Sparty Nation out there, what uh, what Randolph Childress just said, and I'll summarize is uh, Michigan State is no good. Tyson Walker sucks. <laughs> Lee Call is nothing but empty calories and fake stats. Hey, that's how that's how they're gonna cut it. That's how y'all cut it, and then they, the fans coming at me. But it's cool. I'm a big boy. I deal with it. No problem. Right. Hey, look, uh, you've told me the stories about what happened when you walked into Cameron Indoor Stadium. So uh, I think you can handle a couple of people tweeting at you. Listen, Field of 68 after dark. Uh, we're going to come back. we got to talk a little bit about UConn Marquette, and we're going to get into our Valentines. We're giving them out next. What's going on, guys? Before we get back to the show, I need to let you all know about the Field of 68 Daily, an all-encompassing college basketball newsletter that arrives in your inbox, you guessed it, daily. For less than a dollar a week, you'll wake up every morning to more than 1,500 words detailing everything that you need to know to stay up to date on the world of college basketball. From the notable mid-major upsets to the stars that are out injured to the breakout performances that only our team of college basketball junkies watched. The Daily is edited and produced by Mike Miller, who spent more than two decades running NBC's digital written content and is subscribed by more than half 
of the Division I coaching staffs, the biggest names in college basketball media, and the agents that work as power brokers in the sport. For just $50 for the year, you get access to the same information that the insiders get. And before we get you back to your regularly scheduled Field of 68 content, let me tell you guys about the Field of 68 merch store. Head over to fieldof68.shop for officially branded Field of 68 apparel. Whether you're supporting your favorite team in the student section or from the couch, there is no better way to gear up than the latest from the Field of 68. The best thing I can say about our merch is the quality of the product. Anyone that has ever worn a t-shirt knows how frustrating it is when the neck gets all stretched out and the bottom of the shirt starts looking like the bottom of bell-bottom jeans. And there's nothing worse than a hoodie that loses its snugness that makes it such a perfect way to stay warm during the cold winter weather. Whether you're shopping for yourself or for the college basketball fan in your life, everything you need is at the field of 68.shop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. Rob Doster, Kevin Sweeney, Randolph Childress. We're live. Sirius XM Channel 84. We are streaming over on the stadium app. Make sure you go and download. It's the best place to consume all your college basketball content. We're going to talk about Valentine's here in a second. But before we do, we have a top five battle coming up here uh, in three days. UConn in Hartford in the XL Center taking on Marquette, the number four team in america uconn won tonight they beat depaul uh by roughly a billion points i don't even care what the final score was it was bad that's how bad it was sweeney give me your breakdown uconn marquette what are the keys to the game who do you think is going to win look i think marquette has a chance to hang because of the way they've shot the ball lately i mean they have been outstanding from beyond the arc the last several weeks after you know that cold stretch earlier in, in league play i i just you know like they have Torched the Nets. I mean, only five for 12 the other night, but, you know, I believe six straight games, they've shot 40% or better from three. Like, that's dangerous. And, you know, I'm just super impressed with that group and the way they're sharing it and how Tyler Cole is playing. Obviously, it's it's a different beast when you go on the road, and, you know, that place is going to be electric. You know, obviously, UConn is a tremendous team, incredibly balanced, have different guys who can beat you different nights. Tristan Newton can, I think, Maybe not match Tyler Kolick, but be you know one of the better point guards in the country in his own right in, in this game. So look, I, I I would be, you know, I'm still going to pick UConn to win the game, but I see Ken Palm's got it at seven. Like that just feels like a lot of points for how Marquette's playing right now. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with your sentiment there, RC. What do you got? I, I'm taking UConn in the points. Y'all can talk all y'all want about all that seven points. <laughs> it's UConn, and give me all seven. You can have them. Because they're going to need them. They're not winning that game in UConn. Y'all can stop that. They're playing well, though. I agree with everything Sweeney said. They struggled, and we talked about that. Uh, Jones and Kolick struggled, you know, to start Biggie's play, shooting the basketball. We knew he figured it out. He has, and they're playing well. But they're, they're, they're coming up against a different animal. Uh, I, I think from a consistency standpoint, we've talked about it. You know, there just hasn't been anybody better than UConn and, and, and Purdue all year long. And, 
you know, beating those teams at home has just seemed to be damn near impossible. And and I, I expect it to be a good game, but I, I, you know, with just the depth and everything, the, the way UConn's playing right now, just that's just a tough ask right now from for anybody. Well, all right. Well, look, let me let me take the naysayers' point of view, and maybe it's just the uh, the self loathing, anxiety ridden UConn fan that I am. Um, but I, I do think that Marquette is the out of all the teams in college basketball, I think that Marquette is the worst matchup and the best team that is a bad matchup for UConn because of the presence of Oso Iguodaro and how good he is, not just as a passer, but as like the movement five, right? And I think where UConn struggles is when you have teams that can find a way to get clinging in foul trouble, when you can find a way to pull them away from the basket, and when you have a whole bunch of guys that are able to put the ball on the floor and find a way to drive it and get to the rim. And I think that that's what Marquette has. There's a lot of guys that are able to do that, create space, get to the basket, um, space the floor, knock down threes. Uh, I think that the line will end up opening probably somewhere around Marquette plus six and a half, which is probably a fair line. I think that with the way Tyler Kolick is playing, I think the side that you probably want to be on is Marquette with that many points. But – uh, it's it's going to be a very tough tough ask for them to go into the XL Center on a Saturday afternoon uh, and find a way to win that game. I will tell you this: I think I am more excited about this game and fired up about this game than any game since Randolph since we went to Arizona at Duke on the first day of the regular season. We got Randolph trying to make the bet. For the I'm putting my bet down, man. I'm giving you the points, man. I'm putting my bet down. Is that a one? Are you putting down a one dollar bill? Is that is that a single? Yeah, that's all I got right here, man. That's all I got right here. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day, dude. I went all out. It's Valentine's Day. I went all out. I ain't got no more money left. There you go. There you go. Listen, it, it it'll be a, a fantastic game, and there's a lot riding on this uh, because UConn's schedule is really backloaded. Their last six games: Marquette at home, at Creighton, Villanova at home, Seton Hall at home, at Marquette, at Providence. Their three toughest road games of the season. In the last five games, they get Marquette twice in the last six games. It's a two-game lead. So if you win this game, you got a three-game lead with five games left. If not, UConn's got a one-game lead, and they got their three toughest road games coming up. So there's a lot riding on the Big East regular season title, and the number one seed doesn't have to – there's three teams in the Big East. It's Marquette, UConn, and Creighton. The number one seed in the Big East tournament doesn't have to play the other ones until the Big East tournament title game. So there's a lot riding on this game. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. All right, it's Valentine's Day. You just teased it, RC. Let's get into our uh, coaching Valentines. I want you to tell me – got about 30 seconds per pick here. I want your coach that you are going to give a Valentine's Day to – uh, a Valentine's Day gift to, and the whole point of this is, who's the guy that's not getting enough love? We got to give love out. I, I want you to put love. I want you to put attention. I want to put you to put the spotlight on a coach that isn't getting enough of it right now in college basketball. I'm gonna say Shaheen Holloway. I, 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 can we mm-hmm. talk about how good this team would be if they was healthy all year mm-hmm. and having guys available all year? I, I think that that's a team that's kind of scary. They've got the quality wins. They got the quad one wins. But what that team would look like if they were completely healthy. We're talking about them now as a bubble team, and they obviously played well tonight. But I don't think he gets enough credit for a, a situation that he's in as well that doesn't have a ton of NIL money. He's figuring out a way to recruit guys, to get guys in there that's fitting the way he wants to coach. It's about toughness, and they're getting it done. So I'm I'm, I'm going to go all out and tip my hat to Shaheen Holloway. 
All right, Sweeney, who you got? Uh, well, hopefully they close out this win that they're about to get. Danny Sprinkle, Utah State, is about to get win 21 on the year, 21-4. and four. He inherited a job. They didn't have a single returning scoring scored point from a year ago. Uh, it feels pretty darn impressive, especially in the NIL world. So uh, Valentine goes to, uh, to Danny Sprinkle. All right, so uh, RC, you stole mine. I was going to go with RC or I was going to go with Shaheen. So I'm going to pivot here. Uh, I'm not going to give mine to Kyle Smith. Um, Washington State, uh, that program has less NIL than the field of 68 does, and he's got uh, Washington State at second place in that conference. Did the same thing at San Francisco, turned that into a good job. Did the same thing at Columbia. That dude can coach. I cannot wait to see what happens when he gets to a program that's got NIL. Player that you love to watch, give a Valentine's Day gift out to uh to your favorite player sweeney go ahead i'm giving it to you first oh my favorite player is a tough question i, I will say i, I want to show some love to coleman hawkins at illinois just because i think he took a lot of hate last year he took a lot of hate throughout you know that team underachieving um you know his nba draft feedback wasn't what he wanted and i just give a lot of credit to a, a kid like that that comes back grinds it out improves his game and i think is, has played his way into the draft conversation it's done a tremendous job all right, RC. Oh, favorite player, man. I'm not picking a favorite player. I, I can't do that. I, I got too many kids I love and watch, enjoy watching them play. So I ain't picking no favorite player, man. I'm a pass on that one tonight. I'm a. I'm a. Give, I'm give a, me I'm someone a, that deserves more love. Give me someone that is not getting enough attention for how good they are. You can th- you can name like five if you I want. I would to. say Josiah James for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I, I think he has been someone that I, I I've watched and I've seen his improvement. Knocking down shots now for a team. He's he's proved himself, and I think he's an offensive weapon for a team that used to be all D and a little bit of offense. Now they finally got some offense to be part of that. Give me Devin Carter. Devin Carter needs all the Valentines they love that he can get. He's been, put that team on his back. He's carried them. He's hitting 35-footers for uh, to force overtime. But listen, this has been the Field of 68 after dark. We are heading over to last call over on the stadium app. We'll be there. For 30 minutes answering your questions. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.